Oh, you're not going to eat that, are you? Yeah. You're not going to bite into it like an apple. Oh, yeah. You get the dirt off of it? Oh. <laughs> it's... I mean, from the start, when they first said that the, they were going to shut down the schools, that part of the in-school learning wasn't bad. They, they, they did pretty decent. But it was the next year after they were out in the school more than six months, the next year when they went back, Kai and Isaac got bumped out of the middle school because there was a there was COVID in the school, so they were out until January. So that whole stretch they did horrible in school because all their all their classes that they were doing online, the the Wi Fi would shut down all the time. It was all all the time going out. So they lost a lot of work that they did. Okay. And a lot of schools did. A lot of a lot of students did. So they, they had D's and F's during that that section. So that and the them were in the masses school. I got calls two or three times a week. Hey, your uh, Jane is in here. She's her. She's got a headache today again. And can I give her some ibuprofen? And like, hey, could you take her outside and give her some fresh air? Because they're wearing that mask all day. And she, she did all right through the school as far as the online learning and the she did a lot better than than Kai and Isaac and the whole time Jane is going to elementary the other two are staying home and she's probably confused because why they staying home and why am I going to school they weren't even allowed to play on the playgrounds because touching the playground and another kid touching it and you know they, they couldn't wipe everything down all the time so they couldn't play in the play, playgrounds 31 states are having schools closed right now. Yeah. So it's like, again, as far as, you know, living at home, you know, they, they probably bickered a little bit more because they were together all the time. But just being every day wearing that mask, and I got Isaac called every other day, it seemed like, and Jana called. Kai barely called, and maybe twice in that whole yeah. whole section they were out, they called. But that, the, that was probably the hardest part. Now the working before mom being gone, and the kids were out of school. That was hard to do any big jobs. So from March until November, I didn't get any assistance. That's when I first signed up for the on the pandemic unemployment, being self-employed. And then the following January, February, the prices of material shot up. So that's what hurt. That's, that's kind of that's depressing. The cooking every day, you know, I always I cook at least one meal. Like I'll cook breakfast in the morning, or cook a big dinner. I I wouldn't cook a big breakfast and cook a big dinner. That's that's a lot of work to for one person to do. But we probably it probably got worse by watching the news. You know, for the kids didn't, but I, you know, I, you know, online you're seeing all these different posts, and so you don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think my kids were scared of it. And a lot of the a lot of the neighbor kids, they all oh, that COVID's fake. But there's people, you know, dying of it. There's people getting sick. And the first two cases, one was their great grandpa, Gerald Brown. So it was, it was like, oh, it's really here. It's really happening. But he was already pretty old, and he was he was on he was on the downside of of life. Oh. We, I mean, we went to church every, not, I missed a few Sundays, but we were at church most Sundays, and 
we, we still traveled to Kentucky. We went there a couple times. Knowing about God and Jesus and knowing there is the other side and seeing that. It's, that's I wasn't scared of it because it, a lot of it was lies. I believe it was. So there wasn't any fear there for me. Every once in a while, oh, I got a cough. You think, uh-oh, do I have it? <laughs> Oh, the, ki the kids are getting up, having fun. They're going to school. They're seeing their friends. And there, are, there is a little bit of fear of them saying they might have to wear masks again, but they're doing good for now. So, and kids are resilient. Okay. Well, thank you. What I got? What I got? Oh, you got me. Smack me in the head. <laughs> you got a mosquito. Got a tiny bunch kid. of them back here. <laughs> You got his remains. <laughs> I got rust in my face too from being out of the truck. Get another oh, mosquito. Oh. oh, they're everywhere. <laughs> Thanks, Jason, for sharing. There really was a mosquito on his face, I promise. I didn't just want to smack him around a little bit. Well, this summer, you know, I think we're in um, week 12 of sharing about overcoming things. There's been a lot. Now you can go back online if you miss those. Anxiety, depression, loneliness. What else did we do? I can't even remember. So much. Uh, fear and anxiety and on and on and on. Overcoming work stress and greed and anger and laziness. And today we're talking about the kids. The past year and a half has been a doozy. For those of you that are parents or grandparents or just see the kids around you, you know it's taken a toll on them a lot. Obviously, some places are worse than others, and the kids are much more affected than perhaps in uh, a rural Troy, Ohio. But kids are being uh, affected by this everywhere, and I truly believe that we'll be seeing a tragic impact on um, the lives of children for years and years to come, not just impact from the COVID-19 virus, but impact from the, what people have tried to do to try and prevent the spread of a virus. Science has shown more and more and more that children, uh, it, the virus affects children about that much, incredibly low numbers, and more research is coming out that children barely spread it, if at all, there's, uh, we, like we was talking with the kids, you know, you're more likely to get eaten by a shark, bit by a shark, than to die of COVID-19. But it's this just everywhere, everywhere in the news. And it's not near as much affecting children or in the ways that the media says it is. And we have, of course, more every day. We have, um, hopefully, truth continues to come out. But we have this wealth of knowledge, research, scientists, uh, data, and doctors, and more and more of the research is coming out every day that these, many of these preventative measures, I'm not saying they were all worthless or harmful, but many of the things that we've been doing around the world <laughs> could very well end up making things worse than they were uh, instead of better, worse than off than before, especially for kids. And here's just, I want to share with you, I've been doing some research this week into studies that um, doctors, scientists have been doing. I just want to share some data, data that they've been collecting over the past year and a half 
on how um, trying to prevent the disease has impacted children, hurt children, interruptions in doctor and dental care, stunting developmental delays in, and communication, not learning social cues or how to pronounce words correctly. I had a couple kids in speech class, or they were taking speech uh, therapy, and they couldn't see the person's face to see how words are pronounced, and so they went online, which was helpful to see because they, they could take the mask off, but not um, being able, able to pronounce words correctly, not being able to see people's mouths or faces, really missing a lot of the development in that area. The Global Fund for Children, they did a study that showed that more than 1.6 billion students and over 190 countries had already experienced disruptions in their education. 24 million children and youth, including more than 11 million girls, may drop out permanently from school due to the pandemic. They said that the rapid global shift to online learning has exacerbated the digital divide. Two-thirds of school-aged children worldwide have no access to Internet at home and are unable to attend virtual classes. So for them, it's just done. They also stated that at the same time the crisis is threatening uh, child, children's safety, well-being, and mental health. They said since the COVID-19 pandemic began, an additional 150 million children have been driven into poverty because a lot of uh, businesses just don't have, just, the work had to shut down. 46 country study by Save the Children found that more than 8 in 10 children have experienced increased negative feelings and two-thirds of families have experienced more violence at home. Around the world, community-based organizations uh, they partner with at Global Fund for Children have reported a higher rates in early marriage and pregnancy, higher rates sexually transmitted infections and HIV, child labor and exploitation, child abuse, and child trafficking because of the measures taken for this virus. There's also multiple health, health issues studies um, coming out finding, finding that wearing these masks for kids all day are increasing a ton of bacteria and the children causing health issues, immune systems are being compromised, exacerbating anxiety and breathing difficulties plus chronic and prolonged um, mouth breathing which kids do because of uh, because they're wearing this mask they tend people tend to breathe through their mask more and what it does for them is it is um, increasing um, dental issues and also um, it, it said it can alter facial development as well as speech development um, kids with sensory issues sensory issues they can't wear this mask they're being excluded from a lot of society I know places like Disney World and what was it Rachel you just told me about the Indy Children's Museum in Indianapolis they said two and up have to wear a mask, required, vaccinated or not, wear a mask at the museum, no exclusions, no exceptions. Disney World, there are people have been trying to go to Disney World the past year and a half. Kids, it used to be magical for children with disabilities, autism, and they cannot go, they will not allow them in, and they're, they're screaming, and I mean, I saw a video, the kid was screaming and fighting, and the parents sued Disney World, of course, it's Disney, so they're gonna win but being excluded from society and more. I'm going to send out some bonus videos if you're interested this week on deeper dives and how children are being made to suffer. Ch children are being made to suffer so adults can feel safe. Not necessarily actually make adults 
safer, but it's the feeling of safety. And we are putting so much of a burden on children. We should be the one taking the, the brunt of it, not forcing the kids to do these things that don't even really help, aren't helping. And if we're going to follow the science, like we've heard too many times to count the past year and a half, we need to also follow the science that does not fit um, the popular narrative, even when science is contradicting what some outlets or people or other <laughs> scientists with lots of power are saying. We have to follow the science even when it contradicts popular belief or narratives. I'm convinced there will be way too much psychological, mental trauma, emotional trauma in kids, more than we may ever realize. It may take years and years to come out and some things like uh, just unneeded, unnecessary anxiety in children fear in children, treating everybody, teaching kids to treat other humans like they are walking diseases, like their potential to, to kill them. Uh, depression in younger and younger children, substance abuse, isolation, loneliness, child suicide rates have gone up quite a bit in the past year and a half. There's even Las Vegas school. They had to rush to reopen earlier this year because there was just a flurry in suicides among kids. And one kid had written this note but because of the lockdown, because he, he couldn't see his friends. He was just drowning in despair and hopelessness. And on this suicide note, this kid wrote, I have nothing to look forward to before he killed himself. And in the Las Vegas school system, it was affecting kids as young as nine years old. Now I have a, I have a ten-year-old, and I can't, I can't imagine a nine-year-old going through such trauma in their life because of what we put them through: shutdowns, lockdowns, forcing them to do these certain measures. That they feel compelled to the point where they end their life. Nine years old. This is, this is not what we as a society should be promoting. How many suicides are worth it if it saves one life from COVID-19? How many kids' suicides are worth it? I would say none. And it's not just kids either. Last November, ABC News reported that in Japan over the past month, that they counted last November, there was more suicides in Japan than people who had died from COVID-19 in the entire 2020, year 2020. It's a problem. Our society has a problem. Now, listen, I know that there is a virus out there. I know that it is affecting many people and killing people. I also know that there will be viruses and diseases and death and many other risk factors out there forever until the day that Jesus comes back and ends sickness and disease and death and other problems in our world. But I just, I really question sometimes, I really question if the things that our world is doing to try and make things better, if it is actually making things worse. 
that's a lot of sadness. That's the state of our world, especially the state of our children. We've been talking about overcoming things the past year and a half, especially in light of COVID-19. What I want to do is give some hope. What are we to do as parents, as grandparents, as teachers, as leaders in our society? What are we to do? What can we do in light of the craziness that this is causing in the past year and a half? The, the, the suffering of our children, what can we do? A few thoughts. If you have your bulletin, you can write this down. To keep leading well. Keep leading your children, your grandchildren, your neighborhood children. Keep leading and mentoring and loving kids well, even amidst a sin-sick world. Okay? The world has always been sin-sick ever since Adam and Eve made that decision and sin entered the world, became a fallen place, hurt, pain, death, disease, trauma, just evil in so many places, evil inside of ourselves. And <laughs> in a lot of ways, uh, this is the same you know, message about leading your, your family that I would preach two years ago because it's always been the case. So we always need to lead our families well, no matter what risks or difficulties or suffering is taking place in our evil world. But especially in light of what's been happening, we need to be more intentional and purposeful in leading our children, loving our children well towards Jesus even more. Solomon writes in Proverbs 22, direct your children under the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Now that's not a promise, that's not a guarantee, but it is generally true that when we lead and teach our kids about God and Jesus and love them well, that they grow up to continue following the path that leads to life. So how do we do that? Turn with me in your Bibles if you want, or your Bible apps, or the Bible in front of you in the chair, to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, fifth book of the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is perhaps the most powerful passage in the entire Bible for God's instruction for parents to lead their children well into the path of him and to righteousness. Deuteronomy chapter 6, look at, yeah, verse 6, look at verse 1. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach. Moses says, you must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. It's that reverent, holy fear. And if you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Things will go well in your soul too. Verse 3, listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Verse 4, listen or hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. And you must love the Lord your God. Sometimes, sort of, kind of, on Sunday, when it's convenient, when it's easy. No. Verse 5. You must love the Lord your God with all your what? And all your what? And all your what? Strength. And you must commit, not just teach your kids, but you must commit yourselves first, wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. And then, once you have a heart for God and Jesus, 
Verse 7, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Write little notes around with Bible verses. Today we could say, download the Bible app on your phone and the prayer app and go through teachings with your kids and reminders and study scripture together. And then look at verse 20. Skip over to verse 20. In the future, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? Why do we follow God? Why do we do this? Verse 21, then you must tell them, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. Verse 22, the Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so we could... Give us this land he had sworn to give our ancestors. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he had, has done to this day. For we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord our God has given us. So when our kids ask, why do we go to church? Why do we follow God? Why do we give our lives to Jesus? Why don't we do other things? Why don't we follow other things? Why, do we, why is this even necessary? Moses says, take that opportunity to teach your kids the why. What God has done in the past. How God has saved you. How God has changed you. How God has given you hope and eternal life for the future in His kingdom. Tell your kids what God has done, what He's doing today, and what He's promised in the future. That is why we follow the Lord our God. Parents, we are called to purposefully, diligently, intentionally find and plan ways to teach and train our children up in the Lord, in righteousness, to disciple our kids, and then release them into the world to live for God and glorify Him. That's your job and my job as a parent. I love Sunday school. I love junior church. I love the youth group. But according to the scriptures, those things are like icing on the cake. The main Christian education falls on the parent. It's our job to teach our kids everything about everything about life. And yes, we need to gather together. And yes, they need to be a part of um, having other teachers and mentors and adults in their life leading and guiding them towards Jesus too. And yes, having a youth group, we need those activities and that's important and fun. And they can find fellowship with other believers, uh, like-minded believers. But the main Christian education, Moses says, God says, is to the parents to the parents. That's kind of convicting. It's easy to drop our kids off at school and say, you teach them. Drop our kids off at church and say, you teach them. That is a lot of our world today, but that is not God's best way. Be a part of a church. But parents, you are the main influencer for everything in your children's life. And God says, use your influence well. Our children 
There's lots of verses in the, in the notes I wrote. You can look them up later. I'm not going to use near all of them today. But children are a gift from God. They're your precious gift from God. Sometimes a little annoying gift, a little messy gift. Sure, yeah, a little frustrating gift. Okay, I've been there. I live there. <laughs> but they are a precious gift from God. That just like money, just like your time, just like your energy, God gives you to manage and steward well. And how, we got to ask ourselves, how am I doing at managing this precious gift or gifts that God has given to me? It is our honor, our privilege, our responsibility, our joy to help our kids know and grow in Jesus so they can have eternal life in the age to come, and so they can live for God's glory and represent Him well as they become adults. If you want to think of it this way, give you a little visual this morning. Okay, this is a, a lamb that my grandmother made many, many, many years ago. She made this, my grandma. Bless her heart. May she rest in peace. Parents, think of yourselves... You are shepherds to your kids. This was Rachel's idea. Thanks, Rachel. You are shepherding your children. This is your child, okay? Sometimes you want to do like this to them, right? Oh, get out of here. No, but you are shepherds and your children are your sheep, okay? Your precious little lambs. And you are on a holy assignment from God to care for your sheep. To provide for your sheep, to lead your sheep, to guide your sheep, to protect your sheep, to discipline and instruct your sheep. Absolutely. Uh, to fight off the wolves and fight off the dangers of the world until your sheep grow up and they can fight them off themselves. To sacrifice your lives many times, in many ways, for the care and provision and love of your sheep. We're called to lead our family well. To love our little, our little lambs. And to help them discover their God-given purpose. How are you doing? Parents. I could, I'm preaching to myself now. How are you doing in shepherding your children? Grandchildren, neighborhood children. A lot of you have kids who are grown and out of the house. But there are other kids around you that you can lead and shepherd well, not as their parent, but as another mentor and a guide to Jesus in their life. How are you doing in shepherding your lambs? Are you leading them towards the wolves in some ways? Not protecting them from... The things of the world that want to mess them up and drag them down and hurt them and kill them and affect them for the rest of their lives? Or will you lead and love well as the shepherd of your family? Last thought, if you want to write this down. Well, get some help. <laughs> get some help to raise your precious gifts. Speaking of shepherding well, 
anybody ever have kids? They grow up fast, don't they? And if we get too busy, I just want to say, if we get too busy to raise them or, or spend much time with them, they're gone. And that time is over. They may be 18, 20, 30, and you can't, you can continue to love them and lead them, but not like they were 5 or 10 or 15 to mold them and shape them and help them know God and Jesus in a profound way. They grow up so fast. Don't miss it, that opportunity. Don't just be so busy and wrapped up in your stuff that you miss out on perhaps the most rewarding, important, critical role that God has given men and women is to be parents so that the next generation grows up to know him and the next and the next and the next, leading other people to Jesus. You see in the Bible, and we could go through a lot more, but you see how Moses and, and the people, they taught their kids Jesus, and then you flip the page to Joshua, and it says, and the next generation knew nothing about the Lord. That's how quick it can happen. We've got to be so intentional, so purposeful. And to get some help. I love what John writes in Third John. He says, I could have no greater joy than to raise kids that are well-rounded, right? No. I could have no greater joy, John says, than to raise my kids who are successful and make a lot of money, right? No. John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. That is success as a parent. Whoever, whatever your kid ends up growing and doing, job-wise, whatever, that they know the truth about Jesus, follow Him, love Him, and lead others to Him. That is the most successful thing that we could do, accomplish as a parent. Is to lead our kid into the truth. Is that your greatest joy? To lead your child into the truth of God and Jesus. It for sure doesn't happen by accident. And it for sure is not easy. It is a high calling, and every high calling is a hard calling. And it takes a lot of diligence and a lot of time. And sometimes we don't feel like discipling our kids and Jesus. And it just, I'd rather, we'd rather watch TV or I'd rather go do something fun. And I'm speaking for myself. It's hard. <coughs> day in and day out to lead and guide them well. But it's the highest calling that you have received as a parent. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes. Last verse today. Ecclesiastes, it's a few, uh, if you open your Bible in the middle, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, is a book that Solomon, the wisest man, one of the wisest men who ever lived, um, don't want to discount that Jesus was wise, he wrote these words near the end of his life. All I'm saying is we can use some help because parenting is hard. Parents, can I get an Amen. Amen. <laughs> Parenting is challenging. Some children are more challenging than others. And we're not going to name names this morning because that's not very nice. But we all know. However, some help helps. Right? Like I said, Sunday School, Junior Church, Youth Group, um, other adults mentoring and helping to disciple our children is just so beneficial to their lives. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, look at verse 9. 
Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Have you ever heard the quote, it takes a village to raise a child? It's our primary role and responsibility as parents, but it sure helps when other people are involved in the care and raising of them to help them grow in Jesus. Gosh, could every kid use more support? Could every kid use more encouragement and love in their life? I know adults sure can. And it's probably, I'm sure, it's much more for children, for their development in our incredibly harsh and difficult world. More studies are finding out now that the pandemic has also left children without the usual mentors that they have, because people are staying away, without the, the usual mentorship support uh, and other supports that they receive from their communities, family, and educators. And so what I want to encourage and challenge everybody to do is not only shepherd and lead your family well, help them grow towards Jesus, whether you have kids in the home or not, you probably have some nieces and nephews and cousins and brothers and sisters. And There's kids around you, there's neighborhood kids, there's church kids. And uh, we, I want to tell you about a new program that we're starting. Do you know what we're calling it, Chris? Did, you, did we figure out a name? Something along the lines of adopt a youth or adopt a kid. Now, some of you may want other people to adopt your kids sometimes, depending on their behavior. <laughs> but it's not like that. Um, <laughs> oh, Eli, oh, man, you got excited. <laughs> Just some days, right? So what we're doing is, and we don't have that today, do we? Okay. Next week, or maybe you can just email us the information, whatever, troyview at gmail.com. But, well, we're going to have a sheet, a sign-up form next Sunday. And it'll either be in the bulletin or on the Welcome Center. And what it is, is, do you want to explain a little bit, Chris? Did you, you worked out some of the details. Just, um, we have done this before in the past um, where an adult would adopt a child um, and you'll get a little card with information about them, their birth date, different things like that. Um, and just to encourage them throughout the year. Um, and we'll do this for a whole year. We'll see how well it goes and then we'll switch it up. But um, if you want to take them to lunch or do something nice for them, that's great. But it's, I mean, it's mainly for encouragement. Mm -hmm. um, throughout their school year. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And then in turn, we're going to get the kids to do that back to the person who's encouraged them. Oh, wow. Good. Excellent. Thanks, Chris, for heading that up. It's easy for me to say, encourage one another until the day Jesus comes back. That's what the Bible says. Encourage and build each other up. And then we go from here and we kind of get busy and we kind of forget. Sometimes, some days are better at it than others. But what this does, it you get a name, you get a number, address, and this is your little buddy. And for the next year, celebrate their birthday with them. Ask them how school's going. You know, can we all spare 30 minutes a week on really important things? Maybe an hour or two? I think 
the most important things in life, um, they deserve our time. And so it's not like eight hours a day you're going to be spending with this person, but we'll have some ideas out there that we'll throw out. Text them. Hope you have a good day at school. Or if they get it, you know, some A's, take them out for ice cream at Duckies or whatever. Ask how they're doing. Ask them what their challenges are. Ask them what struggles they're facing. See how you can encourage them. Send, text them a Bible verse, you know, some days when they're having a hard time or whatever their situation is. Say, I'm praying for you and pray for them. Pray for them specifically. Just a way to make sure that we don't let any little children fall through the cracks. Parents, our job to lead and, and, and guide and love well, shepherd well. But we all need some help. And it's good for kids to have the outside support from other adults, other loving Christian adults in their church family to encourage them and support them too. To have the outside support means a whole lot to kids. I know it did for me growing up. So we're going to have that for you. Uh, we'll, you'll hear more about it on the church email this week. Let me know if you're not on the church email. I can put your email address on there, and you can get more information about it. And we're going to have a sign-up next week and sign up people with their little buddy. I don't know what we're going to call it. If, there's some, if we want to call them little lambs or sheep, that might not be very nice in some contexts. Sheeple, no, probably not. Um, I just, I want us to have the heart of Jesus with kids. Do you know what Jesus said in Matthew? He said, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. I love that. They're like, oh, Jesus, sorry you're being bothered by these kids. Scram, get out of here. Quit bothering Jesus. And he's like, no, stop it. Come here. Come sit on my lap. I want to tell you a story. That's Jesus. He has a heart for children. In fact, he says that our hearts need to be like children to enter the kingdom of God. But he needs to have that trust and belief in God like a little child sometimes. Do you see kids in your life? Even your own kids sometimes? And you're like, get away from me. Stop bothering me. Get off, get off my lake. You know? Leave me alone. Go, go watch TV. Go do something. I'm busy. Or do you say, let the little children come to me. And now Rachel can probably attest Letting the children come to you 24-7 does get a little exhausting <laughs> in the Kane home school. So I, I, we switch off sometimes. I give her a few hours off, right? Well, I take the kids out for ice cream or something. Kids need your love, your support, your encouragement to lead them and guide them in life and towards Jesus and other kids who are not your kids also need your support and your encouragement and your love in their life. So let's make that happen, Troy. View. We'll call it No Child Left Behind. Wait, was that something else? <laughs> A while back. <laughs> but it's not what we're going to call it. But we are going to make plans and do diligence and purposeful and um, deliberately see to it this year that every kid, and if you have some kids that you know that don't make it to Troy View very often, but they want to be a part of this as well, let's get them involved. 
and get their information to Chris. <coughs> and I think a year from now, as the kids, as we're all hopefully coming out of this COVID-19 business, getting ready for COVID-2022 or 21 or whatever's next, the world will continue to be crazy, but we can continue to love kids with a crazy love going to the extremes to show them how valuable and worthwhile they are, not only to us, but also to Jesus. Amen? Let's do that. Let's stand together and sing one last song. Talking about children, uh, this last song, America the Beautiful. We're all God's children. He gave us a country that has been fantastic to us. And we just wonder, what's happening? We need to turn back to God as children and have faith in our Father. So, it's in number 538, sing verses 1, 3, and 4. sacrificed and continue to sacrifice their life to make it free. And all those affected by war and terrorist attacks our country has experienced, I pray that you would bless America and help us to be the country you called us to be, to lead others towards you. But I especially pray that we Americans would bless God, would bless you, it's easy to say, God bless America, but it's harder to live 
by your ways and your commands and to love others and forgive and show grace and mercy to people we disagree with. But I pray that you would make us a nation. Help us grow as a nation to be your people in this world doing what you called us to do and leading others towards the truth and the life that comes through your son Jesus. Help us to live out your ways every day and every way. And thank you for your forgiveness and your grace and mercy when we fall short. Help us to get back up and continue representing you to the world as best we can. And I pray for our children. All the children at Troy View in the city of Troy, Miami County, and everywhere in the world that are, have been and will continue to go through incredible difficulties, not only from this virus, but just from a sin-sick, fallen world. I know we can't protect them from everything their whole lives. But help them, help us to um, guide them along your path. And I pray that you would empower them and give them strength to grow and most of all know Jesus. And to share them with the world as they grow older. In Jesus' name everybody said, Amen.